Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 426. It is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and if you ever want a job again, don't do this. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Hopefully you got through the evening okay if you're in Connecticut and the Northeast in general. Had some rough weather. Otherwise, uh, we have some, it's actually a, considering the rest of the week, a busier cybersecurity day, so we'll get to all that shortly. But before we do that, Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. We'll come back again tomorrow and deliver yet another stunning episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search and join the group. And finally, if you're in business at all, I don't care what kind of business it is, you can go to Facebook and go to the facebook.com slash groups slash Main Street Networking and join that group. Lots of networking mastermind stuff going on there that'll help your business grow. In fact, our hashtag, one of them is let's grow. Let's jump into the news. Let's do that too. Hashtag let's jump into the news. Google did release a security update. You should be on version 93 point, that's for Chrome by the way, 93.0.4577.63. And that is for Windows, Mac, and Linux. So update immediately. Um, Windows 10 KB5005101 cumulative update released with 34 fixes. These are features and um, issue fixes. So no security updates on this. That would be actually should be the 14th this month. So it'll be late this month. I think that's as late as you can possibly get. But if you, you know, if you have some issues, including Bluetooth and USB headphones issue, um, which looks like that was the biggest issue being addressed, then you'll want to fix it. Here's some of the other stuff. Update a rare condition that causes Bluetooth headsets to only work for voice calls. Updates an issue that provides the wrong Furigana result when you cancel the Japanese reconversion. Updates an issue that resets syncing the Microsoft OneDrive to known folders issue after the install of Windows update. Updates an issue that prevents audio headsets that connect to a device using USB from working if the device has certain third-party audio drivers. Updates an issue with resizing images that might produce flickering and residual line, line artifacts. Updates an issue that prevents you from typing any words in the username box during the out-of-box experience. This issue occurs when you use the Chinese input method editor. So there's some language updates here. Updates an issue with copying and pasting a text box into Office 365 apps. If you use an IME, you won't be able to insert text into the text box. Updates an issue that might cause your device to stop working when making a touch input gesture. This issue occurs if you bring more fingers into contact with touchpad or screen during the middle of gesture. Updates an issue that might cause an external monitor to display a black screen after hibernation. This issue might occur when the external monitor connects to a docking station using a certain hardware interface. I experienced that like three, four years ago. Updates an issue that resets the brightness for standard dynamic range. Content on a high dynamic range 
monitors. This occurs after you restart your device or reconnect to the device remotely. So if you are experiencing any of those issues, you should update. I would probably update anyway, but wait a few days. Threat post feds warn of ransomware attacks ahead of Labor Day. This really shouldn't come as a surprise. These threat actors like to use long weekends to launch attacks because people are less vigilant on the Friday before the holidays, the long weekends, and there's use tends to be skeleton crews and so forth. And that is essentially what this um, warning is. So the feds are warning. CISA and the FBI, of course, are the ones pushing out the warnings. Just remain vigilant over the weekend starting, you know, probably right now as you're hearing this. You should pay attention, extra attention to make sure that you are not, you know, quick clicking on a link that you shouldn't be clicking on or downloading something you shouldn't be downloading or anything like that. Microsoft Windows Server 2022 is now generally available. I will be honest, I did not know Server 2022 was out there until I went to download Server 2019 a few days ago. So Server 2022, ironically, a few days later, long-term servicing channel released with 10 years of support is generally available starting yesterday. So if you want to try, you you know, you can try any of these servers for six up to six months. Um, you don't need a license key. You can evaluate it for six months. Server 22, Server 2019, whichever one you want to use. I think 2016 is probably still available. Um, you're probably not going to get anything older than that, though. FTC bans Stalkerware, maker SpyPhone from surveillance business. This is on Bleepy Computer. FTC has banned Stalkerware, maker SpyPhone, and CEO Scott Zuckerman. I wonder if they're related from the surveillance business after failing to protect customers' devices from hackers and sharing info on their location and activity. Stalkerware tech allows third parties to monitor your mobile device without your knowledge and collect sensitive info related to your location and online activity, which can be used for blackmail or other malicious purposes. Such tools can lead to gender-based and domestic violence, harassment, and sexual abuse, according to the Coalition Against Stalkerware. Today, the FTC banned SpyPhone and its CEO, Scott Zuckerman, from the surveillance business over allegations that the Stalkerware app company secretly harvested and shared data on people's physical movements, phone use, and online activities through a hidden device hack, the FTC said. The company's apps sold real-time access to their secret surveillance, allowing stalkers and domestic abusers to stealthily track the potential targets of their violence. SpyPhone's lack of Basic security also exposed device owners to hackers, identity thieves, and other cyber threats. As Samuel Levine, acting director of, T of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, explained, while the stalkerware was running on owners' devices without their knowledge, the information it collected was fully exposed to hackers. Levine referred to a data breach revealed in August of 2018 caused by a spy phone leaving an Amazon S3 bucket containing several terabytes of data harvested from more than 3,600 devices, including text messages, photos, audio recordings, and users' web history. The security researcher who discovered the exposed database also found that SpyPhone's backend services could also be accessed without credentials, making it possible to create admin accounts and gain access to customer data. So, not a good look for SpyPhone, and it's S-P-Y-F-O-N-E. 
this is the second time that they've been they've been uh, the FTC has taken action against Spyphone. They did once before in October. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry, not Spyphone. It's just in Stalkerware in general. So again, that was not Spyphone. This was other three other Stalkerware apps called Mobile Spy, Phone Sheriff, and Teen Shield. Twitter adds safety mode to automatically block online harassment. This is also on Bleepy Computer. Twitter has introduced today, which was yesterday, safety mode, a new feature that aims to block online harassment attempts and reduce disruptive interactions on a platform. Once enabled on a Twitter account, safety mode is designed to automatically and temporarily block users for seven days when using harmful language and replies, quotes, tweets, and mentions in your conversations. It's rolling out to a small group of beta testers. In the beginning, the company will test safety mode with a small group of Twitter users in the coming months with plans to further expand the pool of beta testers. If you were selected as one of the beta testers for this new Twitter feature, you could turn on safety mode right now by going into your privacy and safety settings. Safety mode is a feature that temporarily blocks accounts for seven days by using potentially harmful language or for using potentially harmful language, such as insults or hateful remarks or sending repetitive and uninvited replies or mentions said Gerard, 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 or Jared, I guess it's Jared Doherty, product lead at Twitter. When the feature is turned on in your settings, your systems will assess the likelihood of a negative engagement by considering both the tweet's content and the relationship between the tweet author and the replier. So that is coming to everybody. Beta testing available now. I haven't checked to see if any of my Twitter accounts have it, um, but I don't know. Maybe I will. Here's something you don't want to do if you are fired or let go from a, a job. This is a bad idea because nobody will hire you again. Fired New York Credit Union employee nukes 21 gigs of data in, rever in revenge. Juliana Barilli, B-A-R-I-L-E, for all of you employers out there. The former employee of a New York credit union pleaded guilty to accessing the financial institution's computer systems without authorization and destroying over 21 gigabytes of data in revenge after being fired. In an act of revenge for being terminated, Barilli surreptitiously accessed the computer system of her former employer, employer a New York credit union, and deleted mortgage loan applications and other sensitive information maintained on its file server, acting U.S. Attorney Jacqueline M. Kosoulis said. According to court documents, the defendant worked remotely as a part-time employee for the credit union until May 19th of 2021 when she was fired. Even though a credit union employee asked the bank's information technology support firm to disable Barilli's remote access credentials, the access was not removed. Two days later, on May 21st, Barilli logged on for roughly 40 minutes. Well, so there's one, pro one problem right there. So your IT, not doing their job, didn't disable her credentials, and uh, that that's a red flag also. The defendant deleted over 20,000 files and around 3,500 directories during that time, totaling roughly 21.3 gigabytes of data stored on the bank's share drive. The wiped included files related to customers' mortgage loan applications and the financial institution's anti-ransomware protection software. Besides, I wonder if they were prepping for a ransomware attack. Besides deleting documents with customer 
and company data. Beverly also opened various confidential Word documents, including files containing board minutes for credit unit. Five days later, on May 26, she also told a friend via text message how she was able to destroy thousands of documents on her former employer's servers, saying they didn't revoke my access, so I deleted a deleted PDrift LOL. I'm not sure what that means. Deleted their shared network documents. Although the New York Credit Union had backups of some of the data deleted by the defendant, it still had to spend more than $10,000 to restore the destroyed data following Barilli's unauthorized intrusion. Ms. Barilli may have thought she was getting back at her employer by deleting files. However, she did just as much harm to customers. FBI Assistant Director in Charge Driscoll added, Her petty revenge only not only created a huge security risk for the bank, but customers also, depending on rents on Paperwork and approvals to pay for their homes were left scrambling. An insider threat can wreak just as much havoc, if not more, than an external criminal. The bank and the customers are now faced with the tremendous headache of fixing one employee's selfish actions. It was actually an ex-employee at that point. So not a good look. She will have a very difficult time finding a job. And I would imagine there's probably some jail time involved there, but we'll see. And some HIPAA news. A new analysis of breach reports submitted to the Department of Health and Human Services, OCR, has revealed outpatient facilities and specialty clinics have been targeted by cyber threat actors more frequently than hospital systems in the past six months or in the first six months of 2021. Researchers at Critical Insight explained in their 2021 healthcare data breach report that cyber criminals have changed their targets within the healthcare ecosystem and are now focusing on patient outpatient facilities and business associates more than the hospitals and health insurance. So we have actually seen a definite increase in business associates being attacked. While large health systems are naturally attractive targets for cyber criminals, smaller healthcare orgs tend to have weaker cybersecurity defenses and can be attacked more easily and are now hanging low hanging and are low hanging fruit for hackers. The potential profits from that attacks may be lower, but so too is the effort to gain access to their networks and sensitive data. It is no secret as to why hackers are showing interest. Electronic protected health information is worth more than a credit card number or social security number. Scammers can monetize it in a myriad of ways from selling it on the dark web to filing fraudulent insurance claims, explain the researchers in the report. It does not help that many health orgs use devices that run on operating systems that are out of date and many devices were not designed with cybersecurity in mind. Researchers confirmed healthcare data breaches are now occurring at almost twice the level of 2018, with data breaches attributing, attributed to hacking and IT incidents occurring at almost twice the level of the first half of 2018. In the first half of 2021, 70% of all healthcare data breaches of 500 or more records that were reported to the HHS OCR were hacking or IT incidents. There has been a slight decline in the number of reported data breaches from the last six months of 2020, but that does not indicate cyber attacks are falling, as in the last half of 2020, the breach reports submitted to the HHS OCR included many breaches breach notices submitted by orgs affected by data breach at business-associated blackboard. The number of reported breaches in the first half of 2021 is higher than the first six months of last year, and it looks like the trend for increasing numbers of data breaches being reported every year looks to, looks set to continue. There's been a major increase in the number of cyber attacks on business associates of HIPAA-covered entities, which now account for 43% of all reported healthcare data breaches in the first six months of 2021. So that is a, a significant number. 
Um, and I've been saying it for months now, the OCR is going to be looking at business associates. And if you're failing to do your job as a business associate, you're going to, you're going to at the very least get technical support from the OCR, which means get your act together or face fines. And DuPage Medical Group, the largest independent physician group in the state of Illinois, has started notifying approximately 600,000 patients about a security breach in which the personal and protected health information may have been compromised. DuPage Medical Group identified suspicious activity in its computer network on July 13th and engaged cyber forensic specialists to conduct an investigation to determine the full nature and scope of the breach. They determined unauthorized actors had gained access to its IT systems on July 12th and access remained possible until the breach was detected on July 13th and its network was secured. A comprehensive review was conducted of all files and systems that were accessible to hackers and on August 17th, 2021, DuPage Medical Group confirmed that files containing patient information had potentially been impacted. Types of information potentially compromised in the security breach varied from patient to patient and may have included the following data elements, names, addresses, dates of birth, diagnosis codes, current procedural termina terminology codes, and term and treatment dates. The social security numbers of a small subset of pa patients were affected, but no financial information was exposed. DuPage Medical Group said the forensic investigation uncovered no evidence to suggest any information stored on the affected systems had been subject to actual or attempted misuse as a result of the security incident. However, as a precaution against identity theft and fraud, complementary credit monitoring and identity theft protection services were being offered to all individuals affected by the breach. Tell, stop me if you ever heard that before. The exact nature of the cyber attack was not disclosed, so it is unclear if the attackers attempted to deploy ransomware. DuPage Medical Group said there was a security breach caused a disruption to network systems and it resulted in a network outage. That sounds like ransomware. DuPage Medical Group said it was review, has reviewed its existing security measures and has already implemented additional cybersecurity protections to reduce the risk of further cyber attacks and will improve every aspect of our technology roadmap to better serve patients. Well, good for them. Good for you. Good for the patients there, 600,000 people. That is going to do it for the, this, this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.